You Can't Spell Inclusion Without a D, the podcast that explores the power of inclusion and why disability is an important part of the workplace diversity and inclusion conversation. Produced by the Ontario Disability Employment Network, with your hosts, Jeanette Campbell and Dean Askin. Hello, and wherever you're listening from, welcome to the show and 2022, of course. This is a new episode of You Can't Spell Inclusion Without a D. Well, I think we're all hoping 2022 will be a better year full of good things. From my perspective, some of those good things will be some great episodes of this podcast that we're planning for this year. Right now, we're kicking off the new year with this one episode five and in this episode well we're bringing some young voices into the show but before we get to them hey you're listening to my middle-aged voice of course i'm dean askin here along with my co-host that's me jeanette campbell and also my middle-aged voice but dean i think yours is a bit more middle-aged than mine Yeah, okay. You just had to get that in there, didn't you? Well, (laughs) you know, that's the great thing about radio or an audio podcast, isn't it, Chad? I mean, people listen to the voices and the content and hey, the rest is all up to your imagination. And you know, Dean, we always like to have a variety of voices and perspectives on the topics we cover on You Can't Spell Inclusion Without a D. On this show, we have Voices of Tomorrow. That's both the name of a new report that's the subject of this episode, and it describes our two guests. One is a first-year university student at the University of Windsor in Ontario, Canada. The other is a grade 12 student in Windsor. Both of them are on the 2021-22 Youth Advisory Committee of Reaction for Inclusion. Now, this is an Ontario-wide movement. It's been around since 2008. And as it says on their website, it seeks to empower youth to take action individually and collectively to make our schools and communities more inclusive spaces. Voices of Tomorrow is a project by Reaction for Inclusion, and it's the title of the Youth Advisory Committee survey report that looked into the state of schools education, employment, and community youth inclusion for youth of all abilities in Windsor-Essex County, Ontario. And when you read this report, it's clear that young people in Windsor-Essex are wanting more when it comes to inclusion and opportunities, and they're empowered and they're speaking up about it. So that's why we're really glad Sarah Julius and Natalia Ayala Geraldo were able to take some time between their studies to come on the show and share their voices of tomorrow perspectives with us. Welcome to the show, both of you. Now, Sarah, you're the lead on the Voices of Tomorrow project. So I want to start by throwing the first question your way. Tell me, you know, why was it and is it? I mean, important to you to be involved with Reaction for Inclusion in the movement and be on the Youth Advisory Council and this Voices of Tomorrow project as the lead of it? Well, that isn't a very awesome question. It was important for me to be involved because due to the pandemic, all activities at my school were cancelled. So I was really seeking an opportunity to be involved. I'm a passionate youth leader and I I want to make a difference in my community, especially for the youth and future generations. So it's important for me that all individuals feel included and can be themselves in their communities and in this world, which is what our project really strives for. 
I, 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 can, I, can hear the, I can hear the passion in, in your voice on that one. Natalia, what about you? I mean, why is it important for you to be a member of Reaction for Inclusion and be involved in all of this? Uh, well, th thanks for having me, first of all. And I'm Natalia. And I think it's important because growing up in Colombia, I realized that there are many levels in which society can improve. So when I came to Canada, uh, I entered high school and I received a lot of support and love from all teachers, students. So it grew up on me that they started to give back to that same community. So when I found Reaction for Inclusion, I wanted to use my strengths and the support of other members to possibly impact my community. How did, how did you find them? Did, did you just sort of do some searching and I, I want to get involved in something to, to pay it back? Uh, in the high school I was, uh, the principal actually introduced us. Uh, she told us that there was a movement and that anyone could join. So I, I decided to, yeah. Wow, that's excellent. Um, and, you know, it speaks to the fact that Voices of Tomorrow really is a landmark project. And this is a kind, this is a, a, a landmark kind of report. So most of the time, and I'm sure you found this, it's adult expert researchers who are doing studies, surveys, and reports about youth employment, including youth who have disability. And here we have pretty much for the first time a report about youth employment and inclusion done by youth. So Natalia, maybe I'll ask you first, why is that so important? Sure. I think this is important because there is a gap where youth with and without a disability are not able to find and benefit from employment. As a young person, I wanted to make sure that all of us can benefit from co-op placements and employment experiences. Because one day we are, are going to join the employment sector and youth of all abilities should have the opportunity to have the best experience on it. I also think that youth voices of all abilities are necessary if we want to build a strong and inclusive community. I, I wanna jump in here and ask for a second, because I'm curious, you know, why do you think this report itself and your findings are so important? I mean, and whoever wants to jump in first with their answer, go ahead. I'll take this answer. Um, this is a, another awesome question. So both the report and findings really reflect the views of those who were surveyed. It displays like the thoughts and feelings of the students, teachers, and employers, um, and what they have when it comes to hiring youth of all abilities in the workplace. It is very crucial that we take into consideration their thoughts and views in order to understand where we are at and what needs to be done to ensure an inclusive workplace for students, ensure that teachers have their needs met, and ensure employers have the proper tools and resources to have a smooth transition for the youth they hire. Natalia, what's, what's your thinking? Are you thinking kind of along the same lines? With Yeah, I definitely agree with Sarah. And um, I, I think it, uh, it would be, it needs to be a, a, a work team where, where employers and educators come together to benefit uh, youth in the employment sector. 
And I'm wondering, uh, again, for either one of you, uh, you know, we've read the report. Dean and I have read the report, of course. Um, but for our listeners of the show, if some of them haven't had a chance yet, could you talk about some or any of the key findings in the Voices of Tomorrow report? Was there anything that was kind of surprising or was it what you expected? Uh, definitely. So our key findings are the five barriers that students, educators, and employers recognize that there are right now for youth of all abilities. And those are the cost of transportation, the lack of guidance and support that is available for students, uh, COVID-19 restrictions, the lack of options that students um I'm sorry, the lack of options that are available for students and the language barriers. Yeah, as like Natalia mentioned, um, these are the findings and these are the barriers and challenges students face. And I was, we were not really surprised with the results of this survey because I've heard my friends, classmates, other students uh, state how hard it is to get a job in this society right now and in the state it is right now. And this made me really think that other youth in the community and in other schools could experience the same challenge. I also was expecting the results because in my home country, we also have similar issues. So it's, it's really, it's not just a Canada issue, it's a global issue, really. Yeah. It could say so, yeah. And, know. you know, I'm, I'm wondering, sorry, Dean, I think I just walked right in front of you but on that, that one. That, but, that's okay. That's okay. But I have a, a question to ask because it's interesting that you said one of the key findings um, was some of the impacts of COVID-19. But this isn't a problem that exists because of COVID-19, is it? No, it's a problem that uh, intensified with COVID-19 and with the restriction that it uh, brought, but this happened before, this was happening before uh, the pandemic. Yeah, this issue was always present. I think COVID-19 really like brought it into perspective and really like made people realize, oh, like this is an issue that has been around for a while and we have to address this. We're very glad for the reports because, yeah, you're shining a light on this. It's it's like there was a, a pot of water on the stove and it was simmering, and then the pandemic just brought it to a boil and everybody's attention. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I'd like to ask, you know, as a young person, in your opinion, having you know done this report and worked on it, what's as a young person, what's not working in education and employment? in our communities, including your community down there in Windsor, Essex, you know, Essex, when it comes to inclusion? Well, that's a great question, actually. Uh, since I am very new to the country, I'm yet to explore many sectors of the society here. So, so far, I have had an excellent experience in the high schools that I've been to. I think we need to encourage youth to do more research and advocate for the issues that merge them. And I also think that this is not 
something for just you to solve, but this is a community partnership. In terms of education, based on my personal experiences, growing up, I found there to be a lack of diversity in what we learned and like, and in the books and in the media we were presented with. I didn't really learn about Black History Month until I reached high school. And my younger self would have loved to know about Amanda Gorman. She's a poet who spoke at Joe Biden's inauguration. And she's like a young, educated Black woman who inspires many young Black girls today, including myself. And I think it's so important for individuals to learn about different people that look like them so they can feel represented and inspired to achieve their goals and dreams. In terms of our community, um, last year, unfortunately, there has been a number of hate crimes against the um, LGBTQ plus community in Windsor, Essex. A center for trans individuals was vandalized with hate speech and um, homophobia, and the property was also destroyed. And this demonstrates a lack of respect for these individuals in these communities. And it's a shame that a building where they should feel safe was destroyed, making them feel scared and out of place in our community. And they should not be feeling like this at all. They should feel included in our community. So yeah, that's the answer to the question you asked. Yeah, you know, you're talking about how the, you know, a sample of one little thing sort of speaks to the broader community and the broader issue. And that's what I want to jump in and ask here. You know, this was like a, a small scale survey. I mean, you had 116 students who participated and close to 30 businesses. So it's kind of a microcosm. But do you think it paints a really good bigger picture that there are probably thousands of youth everywhere Who've had, who have had or are having the same experiences as the students who were surveyed and that, and that maybe you've experienced yourself? I'll take this question. Um, also, when Voices of Tomorrow started, um, the COVID-19 was present and it was a challenging reaching out to people because you were doing this whole project di- digitally as opposed to doing it in person. So in the future, we really hope to reach more people to take our survey to get an even bigger picture on people's thoughts and perspectives on inclusive hiring in the workplace. Yeah, I definitely agree with Sarah. Uh, We were very passionate about reaching out to schools and educators. Although it was a little bit harder than we expected, uh, we were very happy with the amount of responses. And and of course, we would like to expand uh, the project if we are given the opportunity. And, and do you think it really does, do you think it really is a good small scale example of what's probably the big world picture? I think it would, it is, but we will, we would have to do uh, a, a large scale survey to confirm those guesses or, or see what's, what's happening, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, uh, you know, this is this, uh, this survey that you did. And, and that's not, it's a small scale survey, but that's not a small amount of people. And especially it is hard to get people to respond. And you had educators and businesses responding as well. Um, you know, we know that we have a challenge sometimes getting five or six people to respond to something. So obviously, you've put out some questions there that really engaged people and got them thinking about it. And it'll be great because if the one the one thing that we know we need in Canada, especially, is data. We need information and we need data. And uh, I can see you both nodding and smiling. Um, you know, we so the idea that you're going to to look at doing this on a larger scale is is fantastic. And I think that you're um, 
your assumptions or your hypothesis will probably be proven is that this is this is a similar experience for for youth that, uh, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, I'm thinking in particular of the of the findings uh, in your report, where you said 49.5% um, of high school students and 60% of post secondary students has said it's just really hard. And I think, Sarah, you talked about this at the beginning. Um, it's just really hard for any young person of any ability to find a job nowadays. Um, have either of you personally experienced any of that if you've tried to, uh, to get into the world of work? So I was fortunate enough to have had some work experience, but only for a duration of time. And this was the work I only got through like networking. So obviously with the pandemic, it is hard to get in touch with many people and you miss out on the networking experiences. So it's going to be even more harder to find a job without the networking experiences for youth. Uh, in my experience, um, in Canada, I'm just allowed to be a student right now. So I have not had any work experience yet, but some friends have told me that it is hard to find a job and especially build up the experience that is required to benefit from uh, meaningful employment. And I think that that's, you know, Natalia and Sarah, but Natalia, especially that experience of there's a lot of people who are students that are, are students here, but don't have um, permits for, for employment. So that becomes really, really challenging. That's, um, that's definitely a barrier. And I think it's great that your report talks about the importance of co-op. Um, because that's a great place for people to to gain work experience, um, to create those networks, Sarah, that you were talking about, um, and and get that that meaningful work experience and understand what it is you want to do when you when you finish school. So it's great that your report, you know, does sort of highlight some of those things. I guess for me, it makes me think, um, and this is open to the both of you. What What's the most significant thing that you've learned overall about diversity, equity, and inclusion from doing the Voices of Tomorrow project and being involved with Reaction for Inclusion? Uh, personally, I've learned uh, from the group, I've learned to, uh, I've learned empathy, listening to others, understanding them, and bringing everyone together I think it's the most important thing the Voice of Tomorrow and Reaction uh, for Inclusion have taught me. Yeah, I'm going off Natalia. I've learned that it's important to keep in mind that everyone's experiences are different and to be open-minded, listen, and really give others the opportunity to share their thoughts and experiences. And I believe that this helps get everyone on the same page and really work towards solving issues others face in our community. Yeah. I'm an ENFP and apparently I have this like emotional quotient that's like almost like off the, almost off the scale, a very high on the scale. So I'm always interested in, you know, finding out about what how people have like learned about themselves. So I want to jump in and ask, you know, what have you learned about yourself being part of all of this? I mean, do you feel a lot more empowered and as a young person? I mean, Natalia, do you want to take the first crack of that? Thank you. I don't know 
I don't know if about myself, but I learned a lot from, from Jeff. I learned that we are very complex, that we might face a lot of barriers and we might need support. But at the end, we all want to succeed in whatever careers we choose. And we want to feel valuable in our community. And personally, also, I think uh, I feel more courage, courageful now to about making a difference. Sarah, what about you? Um, for me personally, I've learned that I can be a leader. And like before this, I was a very quiet student who like never wanted to take the lead position. But over time, I found my voice and used it to speak up on initiatives that matter to me. I think the reason for this was because of the amazing support I had from the adult allies and my fellow peers. I also believe that being passionate about this project has allowed me to discover a side of myself I never knew existed. And this passion really empowered me to not be afraid to do the right thing and not be afraid to stand up for what I believe in. What was it like when you had that aha moment and you thought, hey, I'm good at this and I can do it. I got this. It felt good. You know, it felt like, I felt like a, a superhero, you know, like, I just felt like I could do anything and this felt empowered and it felt so good. So the report's out there. Now what? Where do we go from here? What do you want to see happen as a result of this report? Mm, we want to see that opportunities are available for just of all abilities to benefit from employment experiences and we also want that educators are provided with tools and resources to find co-op placements for their students and provide the best guidance accordingly. I hope that this report sparks community leaders' interest and that community leaders take a look at this and um, work towards making sure that us as citizens have an inclusive workplace. I also hope that more students and teachers, employers show an interest in taking our survey in the future or even reaching out to us to share their experiences. And most importantly, I just hope that discussions about creating a welcoming, inclusive work environment become a reality. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here and I'm going to ask a question off of that. What is the most important message that you want to get across to any employers or educators who might be listening to this episode right now? What do you want to say to them? I want to say to employers that when you invest time, money, and effort in supporting youth of all abilities to adapt to your workplace, then you don't only benefit them, but your business as well, because you bring a better experience to your customers. And happy customers equal a successful business. Yes, I agree with Natalia. There are many benefits an inclusive workplace has, not only for the student, but also for the employer and the customers in the whole society. Well, this is a report that I think everyone should read. So where can people find it online? You can find it on the Reaction for Inclusion website. Um, if you go under the Voices of Tomorrow page, you'll be able to find our full report there. Okay. And for our listeners, I'll just mention in case you missed it, that there's a link to this report in the episode notes on Podbean as well. 
So, you know, you've done this report and it's out there and there's things you want to see happen. But I mean, what about, you know, on a personal level, what's next for each of you? I mean, Sarah, I know, you know, you're studying psychology and, and ECE, early childhood education at the University of Windsor. What's, what's, what's next for you after doing all of this? So I'm really excited to be learning psychology and education. These are topics I really love learning about. Um, focus on my making it through under my undergrad, but in the future, I hope to get a master's in education uh, in curriculum studies or social justice and inclusive education. I just really want to ensure an inclusive education and learning experience for future generations. I believe that schools are a major agent of socialization for ensuring a safe, diverse, and inclusive classroom, which is vital in creating a safe, inclusive work a safe and inclusive community and world. And and hopefully that will happen in all of our all of our lifetimes. I mean things you know, they've been moving along, but they still tend to be moving kind of slowly. So hopefully what, what you want to see happen will happen eventually. Yeah. Natalia, you know, um what about you? I mean you're in grade twelve and I read online that uh, you had a pretty cool achievement uh, this this past year. You were on the second place team at the 2021 Eureka Windsor Symposium. And, and tell me about how cool that was being involved in all of that. I mean, for the benefit of our, of our listeners, Eureka Canada, and that's not Eureka like Eureka, I've had this Eureka moment. That's Eureka, Y-O-U-R-E-K-E. EKA Eureka. Eureka Canada is it's a program that gives teams of high school students the opportunity to do publishable scientific and data science research into topics and issues that are important to them. I remember when, when I was reading about that, I thought, and I was reading about, but I can't remember what the one team had published some, some papers on, but I thought, this is like really cool. So tell me about that. Thank you. We published, well, we didn't publish, but we did a, a work on mental health of, um, of healthcare workers during the pandemic. And it was a very cool experience. I learned a lot, a lot from all of my, from the teachers there and other high school students. And I, I, I think it made me a witness of the power of youth availabilities when we all are like include in the conversation and when we decide to take hands on uh, the issues that are significant to us. And my plans for the future are a little uncertain uh, right now. Uh, perhaps I will be able to start my post-secondary studies this year. Um, coming to Canada has definitely brought a lot of challenges and uncertainties, but I will continue to be part of Ways of Tomorrow and Reaction for Inclusion. Well, this has been a great conversation. Uh, Your report might be called Voices of Tomorrow, but I feel, Dean, like we've been talking to the leaders of tomorrow, um, which actually leaves me feeling very, very good about tomorrow. So, um, you know, before we sign off, Natalia and Sarah, is there did do you think we covered everything is there is there anything we haven't asked you about that you think is important to mention just a quick little note i have um for those listening you can do anything if you set your heart and mind to it as gandhi said be the change you want to see in the world so you can be a leader and create change and yeah that's what i want to say 
I also would like to encourage youth of all abilities to engage in their community and why not to join us with your strengths and your voice in reaction for inclusion. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Sarah and Natalia, I would like to thank you again for coming on to the show and sharing all of these incredible insights with Dean and I and with our audience. So for us at Odin, part of our key messaging is that it's important to make sure that disability isn't left out of the conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think that that the both of you and the entire Voices of Tomorrow project and Reaction for Inclusion is a reminder that it's also extremely important to make sure that the youth perspective is always part of that conversation too, because you are literally are the voices that in the future are going to continue to drive change. So I just have to, to commend you for your commitment to you and your involvement in Reaction for Inclusion and Voices of Tomorrow. And a big hats off from to both of you from me as well. I mean, I'll finish off by saying, you know, if you're out there listening to this episode and you haven't read the Voices of Tomorrow report yet or about Reaction for Inclusion, follow the link in the show notes and read it. I'm always reading studies and reports as research for op-eds and news releases and articles that I write. And I can tell you, there's a huge difference between reading a report about youth inclusion by academic researchers at Harvard or wherever and reading one by the young people themselves who are directly experiencing and affected by the issues covered in the report. I know it gave me a whole new perspective on things. And that's it for this episode of You Can't Spell Inclusion Without a D. I'm Jeanette Campbell. And I'm Dean Askin. Wherever you're listening from, thanks again for listening to this episode of You Can't Spell Inclusion Without a D. Join us each episode as we have insightful conversations like this one and explore the power of inclusion, disability employment, and the business benefits of disability inclusion from all the angles. You Can't Spell Inclusion Without a D is produced in Toronto, Canada by the Ontario Disability Employment Network, all rights reserved. Our podcast production team, executive producer and host, Jeanette Campbell. Our producer is Sue Defoe, associate producer and host, and audio production, Dean Askin. Our podcast theme is Last Summer by Ixon. If you have feedback or comments about an episode, contact us at info at odinnetwork.com. That's info at O-D-E-N-E-T-W-O-R-K dot com. Listen to You Can't Spell Inclusion Without a D on Podbean or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.